Good morning. Well, uh, that don't mind something I always do. The kids are just as much a part of the church as the adults are. And so I always say if anybody who is young and young at heart would like to come down here for a few moments, we're going to talk about some things of God. So, you know, if you're three or if you're, you know, 89, I don't care. Just come on down. We'll talk about some things here. Just have a seat right here in the front pew for me, guys. Good morning. I may have to share. may have to sit in the floor. I don't know. Well, look at that. See, that's graciousness there. Sitting up, moving over, and sitting in the floor. So that's good. Good morning, guys. How are y'all? Pretty good? Is it a good day? Oh, y'all are just like, okay. You can't wait. Shiloh knows what's coming, and that's why he can't wait. So stay still, son. So this morning we're going to talk about treasure. What's treasure? Treasure is something I want to keep. Son, that's somebody else. Yes, sir. Golden bricks from Minecraft. Golden bricks from Minecraft, okay. What else is treasure? Yes. Something that birds pick up? Pirates dig up. Oh, pirates dig up. Man, y'all are being so loud. I can't hear these kids. Shh. Man, okay. What else? Blacksmiths make gold bars. Diamonds from Minecraft. Diamonds from Minecraft. Minecraft is popular. What else? Emeralds from Minecraft. Emeralds from Minecraft. Okay. All sorts of things from Minecraft, okay? And treasures, those things that uh, we hold dear, right? And for a lot of us, those are money. Anybody have a quarter I can borrow? Well, because I can have. You might not get it back. But if you don't, I think, okay. It works better if it comes from somebody that's not like a mark. So, um, how many of you would like to have a quarter? Would you consider that treasure? Yes. Would you like to protect your, your treasures, right? Yes. So we kind of take our treasures. What if we made an envelope for this thing? Yes. Would they think that would hold it and make it steady? Yes. And then we maybe fold it again and just kind of turn it around and fold it again and then fold it up once. Okay, let's see. Now... Why do you think God says something in the Bible? Jesus says, don't store up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but store up treasures in heaven. Why do you think? Because treasures here on earth, let me stand over here. Treasures on earth go up in a flash. Treasures on earth are just, they're just gone. Jesus says when we, when we put our faith in those things here, in money, in gold, in bricks, in diamonds, in emeralds, in anything that's not Him, we're laying up things that's just going to go away anyway. Just like that quarter went away. It's gone. No. Want me to show you again? Okay. One more time. Watch carefully. Here's a quarter. What? You got the quarter. What? You got it again? I got it. Show Okay. 
Porter. I had to get my lighter. I had to get my lighter. But you're right. It's in my court. It's in my pocket now. It's in my pocket. It's in my pocket. It's a trick. It's not magic. It's just an illusion to prove the point. What, why do we not put treasure on earth? Why don't we put our trust in gold and money and things like that? Because it will go out in a flash. Because it will go away in a flash. Because it might go away tomorrow. You can be rich one day and poor the next day. Did you know that? But when we have Jesus, we don't lose our faith. We don't lose the things that we're doing that prepare us for heaven. All the good deeds that Jesus leads us to do when we pray for others, when we help others, those are laying up treasures in heaven. Those are things that can't be taken away. And those are things that last forever. Isn't that cool? So let's pray and let's thank God for that this morning and ask him to remind us. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you and we praise you for your blessings. Father, I thank you for these young people. I thank you for the willingness to be here this morning and to, to talk with me about the things of your kingdom. Father, I ask right now that you would bless them this week, that you would give them a sense of your presence in their lives, Father, that you would walk with them daily as they go to school, as they are out in the community, Father, that you would give them a chance to be your hands and feet. And Father, for those who may not know you, we just pray that that you would make yourself known in a real way that when they begin to store up treasures in heaven, Father, they will be eternal. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for all of your, your guidance. And we ask all of these things in the name of your son, Jesus, and for his sake and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. You can find your seats. I know now they're never going to be quiet, so it's probably... Not the thing to do, but well, if you can't tell, life in my house is pretty interesting sometimes. Um, Shallow is animated and sometimes gives away my children's sermon <laughs> or or my actual sermon by the end of the day. He uh, he's excited. He accepted Jesus back in in April and got baptized on Easter and. This morning he got up and he said, Mom, I got to put my suit on and go because I'm, I'm daddy's preacher helper, so I got to be there. So maybe I should turn it over to him this morning. I'll just sit down. But <laughs> There is a phenomenon that happens in our house. Things um, come up missing, to put, it, to put it nicely. I won't name any names, um, but I can put something somewhere and it'll be moved. And I don't know where it's at. Sometimes it's easy things. You know, I put a book somewhere. I can't find it. Other times it's important things. Here a few weeks ago, um, we were getting ready to go somewhere. And we needed the debit card and things like that. And so we got ready. And I told Carrie, I said, okay, you got your purse? Yes. Do you have your wallet and debit card? She said, yep. Opened up her wallet and the debit card was gone. Uh, Where is it? I don't know. Where's the last time you remember seeing it? Well, we went to such and such store the other day, so our debit card's in somebody else's hands? Are you sh- no, it's got to be in the house. Are you sure? And so we searched and searched and searched and searched. Um, we didn't actually find it. The person who took it found it. Uh, someone had went into Mama's purse and pulled out. My God. <laughs> 
It wasn't you, right, buddy? Is that what you're saying? Uh, somebody went in Mama's purse and took it. In the last few months, um, as I have prayed, particularly this last week, over the right words to become whenever someone brought me in view of a call, um, I kept thinking about that story. For an occasion such as this, I want to speak on something that gets at the heart of what I believe the ministry and the gospel of Jesus is all about. You know, you could write books, and many have, on the message of the Bible. We could talk about transformation all day long. We could talk about change in our life all day long. We could talk about the responsibility we have all day long. But in the end, for me, ministry and the gospel are very closely related to the story of losing the debit card. For me, what Jesus and ministry is all about is summed up very well in the 15th chapter of Luke in our text this morning. If you have your Bible, please turn with me to Luke chapter 15. In this passage today, uh, Jesus tells us three parables in order to teach a lesson. Now, we find him, of course, in the midst of sinners, in the midst of tax collectors who have come to hear him, who have come to be near him, just to be around the one that they know so much of and have heard so much of. They, they want to understand who this is and be taught by him. And so in this crowd, though, we also find those who don't approve of Jesus. They're the churchgoers or the Pharisees or the religious people of the day. Um, and the Pharisees think he should stay away from such people. There's no reason for you to talk to sinners. There's no reason for you to talk to tax collectors. There's no reason for you to be around these people. And that's where we find Jesus in our text this morning. And so if you would, read along with me here in Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 1. It says, all the tax collectors and sinners were approaching to listen to him. And the Pharisees and scribes were complaining, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man among you who has 100 sheep and loses one of them does not leave the 99 in the open field and go after the lost one until he finds it? When he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders, and coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors together, saying with them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need repentance. Or what woman who has ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her women, friends, and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found the silver coin that I lost. I tell you, in the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who repents. And he also said, A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate I have coming to me. So he distributed the assets to them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered together all he had and traveled to a distant country where he squandered his estate in foolish living. And after he had spent everything, a severe famine struck that country and he had nothing. Then he went to work for one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from the carob pods the pigs were eating, but no one would give him any. And when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food? And here I am dying of hunger. I'll get up, go to my father, and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired hands. So he got up and went to his father. But while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. 
He ran and threw his arms around his neck and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father told his slaves, Quick! Bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then bring the fattened calf and slaughter it. And let's celebrate it with feast. Because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Would you pray with me this morning? Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you and we praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time and use it for your glory. Father, use me as a vessel. May the words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, we love you and we thank you for the grace that you've poured out upon us. And we ask all of these things in the name of your son Jesus and for his sake. And all God's people said, Amen. When you come to these parables, one overriding theme that's there. The one counts to God. When you look at each parable, one thing is lost. And it may not seem like much to us when we look at these parables. We may go, he just lost one sheep. He's still got 99. She's still got nine coins. She only lost one. The younger brother's a jerk anyway. So, you know, the father's still got one son. Let's, let's deal with that. But when we look deeper, we see the value of that one. With the shepherd, in biblical times, most shepherds really didn't own their sheep. They were hired hands. They, they were someone who was brought in by several members within a community to watch their sheep. And they had one job, one primary rule. Don't lose the sheep. If a sheep was lost, they would help, he held accountable, and they'd have to search and find something of the sheep in order to prove to the owner that something had happened. When we read over in the prophets in the book of Amos, he talks about finding a, an ear and a leg. That's part of the prophecy. That's, that's like a shepherd would find, to find and say, okay, this is what's left. Your sheep was taken by something else. Each sheep was important to the shepherd. The woman who lost the coin, we have to remember that paper money really wasn't invented back in, in biblical times. So it wasn't that you know she could just go to the bank and write a check or go to the ATM, put all her debit card. This was probably a good sum of money to this woman. Many scholars believe that this was actually the, the bride price or the dowry. This was the money that would have been paid or given to her and her spouse whenever they became married. And this was something that was so important that she would keep it somewhere on her body, possibly in a bag around her neck. And she would always carry it with her because this was something that would, would take care of her family if something bad happened. If there was a famine in the land, there was money to buy, to buy goods. If her husband was hurt or lost, she would be taken care of. She could take care of her family. And so she always kept it with her. And if she didn't keep it on her, she would have it somewhere very secure at the house. That's how she cares for her family. It's very important. So when she finds a coin missing, she's lost her family's security. And she would search for the lost coin. And of course, the prodigal son's a story we all know, right? The story that... The son walks up to dad and he says, Dad, basically, I wish you were dead. That's what he's saying, right? I want you to give me what's mine when you die. Give me my inheritance. I want out. Give it to me now and I will walk away. God's a jerk. But the father gives him the money and he goes. And the story seems to show that dad retires kind of and waits for the son to return. He's working there on the farm, but he's not in charge anymore. He's given everything to his sons. And in spite of his son's attitude toward him, he still loves his son. Parents understand that, right? 
No matter what they've done, you still love them. They're still yours. In each of these situations, the person who lost something lost one thing. Only one thing. But that one thing was important to God. What the world may find insignificant, God does not. What the world deems worthless, God claims is worthy. No matter how bad you may feel or how alone you may think you are, you matter to God. There is no individual in this world who has done something so wrong or so horrible that God does not see value in them. There is always something there. We live in a world in which people can be lost in a crowd. The world flies by us. People can get ignored. We don't feel like we belong, but we belong to God. Even the most forgotten, even the most lonely person belongs to God. And God has a place and a plan for each person. Because the one counts to God. And when anything is important to us, we search when we lose it. Which brings us to what God does. God is actively searching for those who were lost. Now let's, let's examine these details. The lost sheep. He leaves the 99 and goes searching for the sheep. Well, David gives us some insight when you read his encounter with Saul before he goes to fight Goliath. What does he say? He says, well, I can do this. I've taken care of my father's sheep. And when a bear or a lion comes, I'm the one who tracks him down. I'm the one who goes and kills him. And I'll pull that sheep back out of his mouth. A shepherd's putting himself in danger. He's expending energy. He's doing these things that he needs to do it wasn't just walking around saying, here, over, come here, sheep. It's not what he was doing. He was searching out the danger to make sure that that sheep was okay. He was putting his life on the line. Searching for the lost sheep was a strenuous activity. The coin says she lights a lamp. <clears throat> Oil is precious when you don't have anything else to light stuff with, right? <clears throat> It's the middle of the day. She's lighting a lamp in the middle of the day to look around her house to find this coin. She's using up precious resources. She sweeps the house. Now, it may not mean literally sweep like we think, but can you imagine? Her floor's probably dirt. You ever swept a dirt floor? <laughs> Most of us don't like to do things that are futile. We don't like to do things that, that aren't going to see anything happen. And so here she is expending energy, expending resources, doing the things that, that she needs daily just to find this lost coin. And then the father, the most heartbreaking story of all. How heartbreaking is it for a parent when their son does something wrong, much less for him when his son says, Dad, I wish you were dead. Just give me what's mine. You know, I have everything I could ever need here. But I want you to give it to me. How hard was it for that father to watch him walk away? He never went anywhere to look for his son. But the text seems to suggest that he waited somehow every day watching. I remember uh, there was a time in, in my, my mom's life, my mom and my sister. My sister was married to a man who was not a good man. And he had talked her in basically cutting off all ties with the family and moved her uh, to California. And as that happened, she talked to my mom one day and they got in an argument and she said, well, and this was her husband coming out in her, you no longer have any children. You no longer have any grandchildren. Leave me alone. And she walked away. I uh, remember my mom agonizing. 
I remember my mom calling me daily to talk about these things. I remember her pulling the pictures of the grandbabies off the wall because she could not handle looking at them because of the pain that she was in. So I have an understanding here of what this father was going through. There was a toll. It was emotionally draining to watch that. And so for this father, it had to have been emotionally draining knowing that his son was out there somewhere. And that's how God is with us. He's actively searching for the lost of this world. And when I say lost, I don't just mean those who don't, need, don't know Jesus. I mean anyone who's walked away from Jesus. I mean anyone who's not on the path they're supposed to be on. Anyone who needs to be back where Jesus needs them to be. That's who I'm talking about. That's what this story is talking about. And God is out there looking. It's not a passive thing. God doesn't just sit there and hope that we come to him. He's willing to do anything to find that those who are lost. Like the father of the prodigal, he agonizes over the broken relationship he suffers with the lost in this world. Like the woman in the coin, he's using resources, expending energy, searching for those who desperately wishes to have a relationship. And with like the shepherd, he's willing to go and put his own life on the line to save the lost. God is actively searching for the lost in the world all the way to death on a cross. His love for the one... For the lost, for the downtrodden is so great that he died for us. It's so tremendous that he took our wrongdoings into himself so that they died on the cross that day. And he did all of this because the one's important to him. He would still have done all of this if only one person had accepted his invitation. Because God actively seeks the lost and hurting of this world. But there's something the prodigal son story tells us that the sheep and the coin just can't. And that's that God's love and reputation reach to the farthest reaches of the human condition. Sheep don't talk. Well, in the Bible, I guess they could because the donkey talked and other things. The snake talked. But sheep usually don't talk. The coin isn't alive. But the prodigal's thoughts are known. He went away, it says, and squandered everything on wealth and wild living. You know, so most of us may have grown up where we didn't drink or chew or go with girls that do. He did the opposite. He went out and lived his life in a way he never should have been living his life. And when he was broke and he had nowhere else to turn, he hired himself out to a pig farmer. Now, if we know anything about Jewish people and about Israel, pigs were the lowest, filthiest, dirtiest animal you could ever think of. And here they are. I'm going to feed the pigs. I'm going to slop the pigs. And he was so hungry, he said, it's as he craved the carob pods being fed to the pigs. You ever been, about, been around pig slop? Um, I think I'd rather go hungry. But he was hungry. That's what he wanted. That's what he, that's what he was imagining. And then it says, he came to his senses and remembered the generosity of his father to his servants. The love and reputation of his father reached him in a pig pen halfway around the world. Friend, let me tell you something this morning. You may be in the worst place in your life. You may have fallen out of fellowship with God. You may be living a life that you shouldn't. You may be wondering why, why you're doing what you're doing and how you're doing it here. You may be looking up. You just need to stop and look up for the love of God is reaching out to you even now. 
It will simply for you be like the prodigal. And you'll find yourself blessed if you just stop and look to God. Because it says, he looked up and came to his senses and remembered the love of his father. And then he turned and took a step to the father, repented for how he had been acting, and he threw himself into the arms of love. I'm Baptist, but I want to dance this morning. Um, (laughs) If we follow the example of the prodigal, we're going to find ourselves exactly where the lost things these parables do. Found in the arms of Jesus. I love the picture here. The father saw him coming and ran to him and covered him with kisses. You know, my dad came from that generation where you didn't say those things. You didn't say, I love you, really. You didn't kiss her. Shiloh was not raised that way. That boy's kissed all the time. Sorry, buddy. Uh, you know, I just he, I want him to know that I love him. And I see this picture, and Dad is sitting there. I imagine he's out there hoeing the garden, seeing something, and he just, he knows. He just knows. And he sees a speck down there, and he keeps hoeing, and he's going, man, it couldn't be. No, no. He hoes. He hoes. No, no, no. Oh, wait. It is. And he takes off running and he throws his arms on him and his son starts to say, Dad, 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 I've sinned against you. Shut up! I love you. Quick, quick, bring the robe, bring the ring, take the fatted calf, slaughter it. We're going to celebrate. He didn't wait. The father didn't say, you need to earn my trust back. That's not what he said. He ran down there and he said, I love you, I love you, I love you. And this is what God has done to each one who comes to him. You know, God always celebrates when one lost soul is found. The shepherd called all of his friends together. Let's celebrate because I found the lost sheep. The woman calls all of her women friends together. Let's have a party. Man, I found that coin. I'm in luck. And then the father. The father, he, he says, bring him a robe. He clothes him. He says, put a ring on his finger. He claims him. He says, put sandals on his feet. He covers him. And then he says, kill the fatted calf because we're going to have a party. When the lost is found, there is always a celebration. There is rejoicing because that which was lost is now where it belongs. In the sheep parable, Jesus says there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 who don't need repentance. Salvation or return of a lost person is cause for celebration in the kingdom of God. Not when we have just a whole bunch of baptisms. Not when your numbers look good. But when when one sinner comes to repentance. When one person says, Jesus, I can't do it on my own. I can't do this anymore. I need you to pull me out of the muck and the mire. Now, there is more to this story that we might get to later, but for now, I want to talk about being lost and being found. Where do we go from here? What do we do with all of this? Well, if you're here this morning and you've never known Jesus as your Savior, know that you matter to God. That even if you would have been the only person to ever live, He would have died for you. If you're here this morning and you're a believer and you know Christ as your Savior for a day or a week, or years, remember that the one counts to God. And as believers, if the one counts to God, one should be equally important to us. In fact, I have a job for you today. I'm going to give you homework. 
I know I have no official capacity to do that, but I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> Look to your left and your right, in front of you, behind you. Pick out two people who are not related to you. <laughs> there you go. Pick out two people who aren't related to you and adopt them. Let that one count to you. When they're not here on Sunday morning, call them and find out. You don't have to call and say, where were you? You call and say, hey, I missed you Sunday. My day wasn't as bright because you weren't there. And let them know that they matter. That's, that's your homework. That's what you need to do. If you don't know Jesus, know that he is actively seeking you right now for a relationship. He's using people, places, and things to search you out. And he searched so hard that he died on a cross for you. And believers, God has commanded us and wants to use us to search for the lost and dying of this world. He's given us a job and told us in his word that it is not enough to hope people hear the gospel. We must actively seek out those who are lost. But for all of us, we have to remember that the company of God is always better than the company of the world. And finally, we should never take for granted the salvation or return of any person who was lost. Because God clearly tells us that one who repents is cause for a celebration. What about you this morning? Where do you fit in? Are you the sheep? Are you the shepherd? Are you the woman? Are you the coin? Do you know Jesus as your Savior this morning? Have you taken a step to say, I want to make him mine? That no matter what happens in this world, no matter what this world looks like, that I, my hope is sealed, that my treasures are being laid up in heaven, not here, and my security is there, not here. Now would be the time to do so. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed five minutes from now. We could go back here and choke on a roll. <laughs> Just saying. I had some rolls last night. They were good. But I, I could have... Laughed it shallow and choked on it. You're not guaranteed it. Don't let this time go by. Maybe this morning you have been standing still so long, not reaching out to those around you. Maybe this morning there are people in this room that you've been, man, I should be calling them every week and telling them I just love them. All it takes is a phone call. Man, I love you. I, I love your smiling face. You brighten my day. You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't believe how much that can lift someone's spirit. Maybe this morning you have some other need. Maybe you want to surrender to missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church in membership. Whatever it is that you want to do this morning, now will be the time to do so. But do not let any need not go unanswered today. Would you pray with me? Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you and we praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask that... Um, you would take this time, Father, and use it for your glory. Father, if there is anyone here who, who does not know you as Savior, don't let one more day go by. Don't let one more minute go by. Father, if there is someone here who has a need of, uh, uh, that isn't salvation, let them come too. Father, the altar is always open for us to come to you. And just like the father in the story, you're willing to love on us and accept us as long as we'll come to you. 
Father, we thank you and we praise you and we ask all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus, and for his sake. Amen.